Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. The Oregon Wine History Archive is located at Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon, and is dedicated to preserving and sharing the Oregon wine story. This podcast will share these stories through oral history interviews we've conducted throughout the industry. Please enjoy these stories. All right. My name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here with Alan and Jill Methvin at Methvin Family Vineyards in Dayton. Uh, it's May 31st, 2019. Thank you both for joining us today. I really appreciate this. Uh, we'll start you off by asking you, why wine? You want to go? No, you do. Well, um, I, my good friend Dickie Rath and um, Don Byers and a couple of the um, people who started the wine industry back in the 70s were patients in my dental office, uh, at least Dick and a couple of other people, and uh, Josh Bergstrom and Don Olson, Tori Moore. And so they, uh, when we played poker, they said I had the perfect property, we had, Jill and I, uh, for a vineyard. So we talked about it and I thought, no, <laughs> right away. <laughs> and. Uh, Pretty soon, Josh Bergstrom said, hey, I'll make your wine for you if you want to plant. So that was uh, the nidus of planting. We, we bought the 100 acres and we planted uh, 25 acres to start with. And Josh made our wine for a few years until he got very, very, very popular. He's a great winemaker. And he said, well, you have to go on your own. So at that point, we decided to build this, which was 207. We planted in 201, and in 207 we built the winery, and because we had grapes that were actually usable off of our vines. Mm -hmm. And we planted, planted lots of different varieties. Results Partners was a very big developer of the wine industry early on, mm -hmm. and they laid out the um, vineyard, and we planted Riesling, Chardonnay, Pinot Gris, um, and a lot of Pinot Noir. Uh, we changed over and grafted some of the Chardonnay to Gamay, which turned out to be one of the best things we've done in the valley. It's an unheard of grape. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even know it exists. Uh, but we have five acres uh, producing, which is the most in Oregon at this point, which isn't very much. There's only about 317 acres in California out of 72,000 acres of grapes. Wow. So Gamay is what we're kind of uh, enjoying mm -hmm. making. Um, other than that, with Dick's influence, and I could call Dick and he'll come over and look at the vines today and tell me what's going right or wrong. And with Jill's uh, back, background in sales, we jumped in um, in 207 and started producing. We also have some winemakers, young winemakers, that needed a place to make their wine. So we have three or four of those that um, make their wine in our facility. We also make wine for other um, uh, venues uh, locally. Um, is that kind of it's what you want to know? It's a great start, absolutely. <laughs> what were your thoughts about uh, jumping into the vineyard and, and, and the wine business? Oh, you know, we were a lot younger, and it's adventure and fun and new, new people, <coughs> new learning curves. And I grew up in California, but came here in 74 after college 
and I lived in the country, you know, we had about 20 acres and we grew things and horses and all that and lived on a river. So I really love that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And Alan likes small towns. We met about 25 years ago, he's a consultant and our cr paths crossed and our children, there's five, had, had really, you know, uh, were on their way. Mm -hmm. And so this is what he wanted, he was really interested in doing that. I found this property, sort of deftly, and mm -hmm. uh, he, um, uh, it's just a creative thing to do as as a couple as well. You know, once you've you've had your children, it's like you have to keep creating in life. Mm. And we both uh, love to be active in the community. We both, like most of us, like to help people. Mm -hmm. So um, it was an opportunity to to kind of take a blank canvas and paint away. And uh, so Alan and I kind of worked together as a team. And my thoughts were, hey, this is going to be uh, it's going to be adventure, and uh, we, he orchestrated all the, the design for, for the, the plants, mm -hmm. and I did the house, mm -hmm. and uh, we, we had a lot of fun doing that, and you, I guess uh, that's pretty much, the, I'd never had the idea that I would, you know, grow grapes and make wine, right? <laughs> and sales... I did do some sales, but mainly I was a consultant, but I really haven't been instrumental in the selling of the wine. I've done some. Mm -hmm. Alan's kind of the passionate guy about that sort of thing. He does a really good job of it. And it, it the one thing we did with the 100 acres was we, I decided it wasn't enough just to plant grapes. We have a small orchard. Mm -hmm. We have um, an, half an acre of blueberries. Uh, our grandchildren come. We're, basically, we spray nothing. The grapes, we're trying to go as much organic as possible. Mm -hmm. We don't use Roundup. Um, we're moving that way. I, I don't know that people can actually say they're organic because if something happens like red leaf or an, uh, some kind of virus that needs more attention than an organic mm -hmm. treatment, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to do it. And saying you're organic somewhat ties your hands on what you can do to protect your uh, investment. Mm -hmm. And this was Jill and I's baby, and it took a lot of feeding in the beginning. <laughs> and when they say it, it you may, how to make a small fortune in the wine industry, start with a large one, they are serious because it's very much uh, monetary upfront. And fortunately, mm -hmm. I, uh, all my friends that I know, or a lot of them in the wine business, like Dickie Rath was an engineer, um, Don Olson is a uh, was a neurosurgeon, um, Don Bergstrom was OBGYN, I'm a dentist. It takes that second vocation to allow you to do what you have to do, the support that's necessary, and uh, I'm I. It's very difficult for young winemakers that uh, are just coming out because they don't have the capital and they they're really their love is wine which is we love wine as well but uh, it's a little it's difficult for them so yeah. uh, there you go yeah. yeah yeah but still life's an adventure and yeah you just sometimes the most happiness comes from getting through the obstacles and moving forward mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a a business that you can mothball, right? I mean, you can't just say, okay, we're going to take a couple of years off here, especially after the economy crashed, right? Mm -hmm. Economy crashed, and don't have to tell you, but then 
people stopped buying certain level wines, restaurants stopped buying, distributors stopped taking. That was just a coincident when we were just, here we are. And we had Berkshire, we had beautiful wines. So that was interesting to move through that. But uh, uh, as, as you all know here and at Linfield and in life, I mean, the best part of any activity, I think, is the people you work with. And if you have um, great people, um, they get along with each other and you have a real copacetic situation and there's a lot of, you know, love going on and good vibes and good energy, then, you know, no matter what's going on, you can have a great time. Mm -hmm. And we have that kind of staff. Alan's dental staff have been with them forever. They don't leave. And we're, we really like competence, mm -hmm. um, but we feel that just a person coming on with ambitious interest, strong work ethic, um, goals and purposes that align with ours. Competence can come around by training and demonstrating uh, their competence to getting results at what they do. And that's, you know, Chelsea's here. She came from Midwest and with they nothing. Her. They met her. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. so Superwoman, I saw her at the, at the uh, little local restaurant and I said, I, I want her, you know. <laughs> she wanted to her right And they were closing down, so the next day she was here. And you know, I don't have to know a person's background. I, I can sense, and I'm not always right, but while she, you know, just, just a, so much good things to say about her. And then she needed to go to school. She wanted, she cried, and I go, go do what you need to do. You're always welcome here. And we stayed in touch, and she came back. Now she's a winemaker. So those kind of stories, mm -hmm. and for me, Ellen knows, you know, we, we're different people and we both have, you know, the areas that we supervise and take joy in. I like to do the landscaping and I like to do the aesthetics and the flowers. And uh, Juan, who's uh, not here today, is uh, our longest term employee. And I talk about the employees because really that's the business, okay. And uh, he's been with us, he was, I think, 15 when he came over. Mm -hmm. and worked for his uncle and couldn't speak a word of English. Mm -hmm. And he, he told his, his girlfriend at the time, I want to work for you. And I go, go talk to your uncle. Anyway, it's almost 16 years later, he owns a house, has three boys, mm -hmm. full time, and speaks better English than any of us and has a higher Q, probably in work ethic than most. And so for me, if that's all I had out of this is some of those relationships, I have a happy heart. And uh, as long as my husband's not too stressed in the hard times, <laughs> and we can talk about something different than wine, because wine's just wine. I mean, you talk to Steve Christum, he just lives up here. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not really about the people, the owners, it's about the agricultural and, 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 and the stuff. It's not about you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So It's the vineyard. The vineyard shows it. If you take care of it, you can make good wine. You get a, I mean, a, you need, it starts in the vineyard. And of course, the winemaker crafts it, but if it's not in the vineyard, it's certainly not going to be in the wine. Mm -hmm. One of the things we pride ourselves is we have a large wine club. And, but if you ask them, they feel like family. This is Methvin family. Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of families, um, I, I can count maybe on, on two hands, the real family owned, like Sokol Blosser, and uh, Erath's gone, his family didn't take over. Um, at, at any rate, w the people who come here love the wine, but they love the environment because they're treated like they are family. And that's kind of the difference that I think you get here in Oregon rather than California. When you go into the tasting room in California, 
you're a number, they pour it, they, you move away, there's no, hi, where are you from, what are you doing out here, can we help you get reservations for a dinner tonight, where, where are you going next, we always suggest to people. Mm -hmm. it, it makes a difference for the experience from the people all over the United States that come to Oregon because they're treated a lot differently. And they'll tell you that. And they, they like that part. And they'll come out again to visit because we, we all share. That's another thing. In Oregon, I can call my neighbor if my tractor broke, break, like it broke down. I call Janet, my next door neighbor. She loans me her tractor. I, you probably aren't going to get that if you're in competition in California. I don't know. But here you do get that. So we've been very good neighbors. Yeah. Helm's a beekeeper as well. We, yeah. we have some outrageous honey. He's partnered with a lot of people and helped people in that area too. And that's really, really, really cool. So, and you know, um, you know, why we got in the wine business and why we do what we do and why anybody does what they do, why you get married, raise kids, join your community outlets and whatnot. It's like, I think everybody just wants to enjoy life as much as possible and have as much camaraderie and good relationships. I mean, really, what else is there? I mean, you have to make an income and support your family and pay for whatever your standard of living is. Mm -hmm. But in the long run, you know, as you, we, we're growing older and embracing it and we have... Uh, really? <laughs> well, you are. I don't think so. <laughs> and, trying to figure uh, out what we want to do when and we grow up. Yeah, and, and so, you know, for me, you know, it's like I look around and it's like wealth. It's just not what you have in the bank. I mean, you need to pay your bills, but it's like your relationships and what have you done or who have you helped and, mm -hmm. and who can you call and, and uh, know as a real friend. And, and we have a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing, there, there's, there's nothing like that. And through business... You acquire, you acquire that, and this is the kind of business that gives you an opportunity to do that as well. Yeah. Early on, Alan gave our first two guys here um, buy-in, right? Mm -hmm. So that was his viewpoint. And, you know, we don't continue to do that. Times have changed and this and that. But we do uh, tell Sorry, that's okay. okay. But we pay people well. And, uh, and, uh, I guess I'll put we don't that on micro, silent. We don't micromanage mm -hmm. our staff, so I think that's why people like to come out here. They they don't even know we're owners most of the time, and maybe they'll find out after we've done some things or swept or cleaned up bird and they go, busted. <laughs> You're the owner. I go, doesn't matter, right? And uh, so uh, hopefully and positive thinking is that the industry here in Oregon is just in its beginning of its heyday mm -hmm. and all the hard work that's been done and hours put in and sweat that's been sweat by all those that are a part of this game and industry mm -hmm. are going to uh, be in a position to to actually enjoy it more mm -hmm. without so much stress <laughs> and we're, we're looking forward to that. Let's talk a little bit about that. You talk about stress and kind of the early obstacles. I'm curious, once you decided that this is something you were going to do, what were some of the early challenges that maybe you weren't expecting when you were planting a vineyard, picking out a property, all that? 206, the, there was an econ the economy went really bad. Mm -hmm. So I was used to seeing a $60 bottle of wine go off the shelf mm -hmm. within, as soon as you put it up. You mm -hmm. were pretty well sold out. The market dried up. Mm -hmm. um, basically, 
with when we started this, we were number 52, 57 winery in the valley. There's 485 now, maybe more. Um, so there's less people coming out to each winery because if there's 10,000 people coming, it's spread out with four, uh, 485 wines where it, uh, wineries where it used to be. 57. We we get our share, mm -hmm. but it's certainly more competitive than it was in the early days mm -hmm. when Dickie Rath and Ponzi and uh, Myra and and um, all of the others were Campbells. Mm -hmm. They they were the ones that really got us on the map. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. 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 So our early what was the early challenge for you? Very very much that. But the first four things that came to my mind uh, were. Uh, Voles. Yeah. Uh, there's a story to that. Voles. Right, okay. Uh, bird control during harvest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh, yellow jackets and blackberries <laughs> and thistle. So, you know, it's like childbirth. You think it's all going to be glamorous and beautiful and you're going to look like you have beauty in a magazine. You're nursing your baby and you're like beat up and exhausted and <laughs> torn and this and that. And, and tired and a bunch of other stuff so we put all this into it and then all of a sudden i remember when I, we first built the house mm -hmm. before we i heard this loud noise and we have oaks all around our house and they were birds mm -hmm. i couldn't even hear myself breathe i go wow what are they doing here well so many bruised shoulders later after bird control you realize oh my gosh you're waiting to harvest and then you're spending time and money on trying to direct birds to other people's vineyards while they're directing to yours and you're you, I got a eye surgery from the shotgun and yeah. and you look at that and you go what the what the heck you got everybody out there with their 12 I grew up with guns 12 gauges you're not trying to kill them but that's not fun to do that for six weeks from morning till so that was kind of like okay how do we figure this out we worked on that we worked on it we got net netting and cannons we don't use cannons now it's really funny when you shoot cannons you think that it's going to deter the birds i was priming my cannon and there were birds landing on the roof and i shot another one and more birds came yeah. and then more birds and i went okay, I'm going to give my cannons away. <laughs> so my neighbor called and he said, my cannons broke. I said, you can borrow mine. <laughs> yeah. They're going to you. Um, anyway, I, I think people still think cannons scare things. I've had deer, the cannon goes off and the deer looks up and puts his head back down. They don't bother the grapes very much, but cannons are not a deterrent. Netting is the deterrent for birds, and it's uh, probably a little more humane. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. you know, I'd go down to, to Mac and go to my yoga class, and there's a lot of other women and men in this are there, and we'd go during harvest, and we'd share stories. They're shooting their guns to move It's pretty funny. Yeah. It really is. But, uh, and that, and, you know, to be salmon-friendly and organic, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. work on the thistles and the blackberries and everything. Yeah. What was it about this site when you were choosing sites for, for planting? What was it about this that drew you to it? Drew you to it? Um, I actually found the site. Uh, Alan wanted uh, um, he wanted space. He wanted mm -hmm. land. He wanted more. We lived in Dundee and I was perfectly happy there, but I loved that too. Well, we couldn't really find anything and our friends that were in the real estate industry weren't really fine. We just wanted raw property so we could build our own home. And anyway, 
I just started looking after her myself and going around. I went up to this property and called on it, and this realtor said, oh, I bet you'd be interested in XYZ. It's not in the market. Well, there's four lots here, and I drove up. This was all, it was all raw forest, nothing really. There's only one house up there. And I immediately knew this was something that Alan would just, you know, the ink would be still wet tomorrow <laughs> from signing on it, right? So he, uh, he came up and... Uh, but we, we had no intention of, of doing a vineyard. No. Uh, I think you probably had it in the back. Uh, well, it was nice <laughs> yeah. property, but that wasn't first in my... I didn't even know what I was going to do. Okay. But it probably within a month or two, the decision was made, we're going to do something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, well, I mean, there there's so you much go. you can do. I mean, yeah. there's so much mm -hmm. you use possibility, yeah. you know, you can do. Okay. And you and you have a tasting room also in Dundee, as you mm -hmm. mentioned. So how do you take advantage of those two different spaces for all for the purposes of, of your hospitality and, and your wine club? Okay. Well, as far as our organization goes, um, the way I've structured it is Alan is is on top because mm -hmm. he's kind of the vision, you know, mm -hmm. kind of the spearhead for everything to look at. It's his baby. It's ours, but somebody has to have it as theirs. So he wears that. He covers the winery, the winemaker, the finances, the bookkeeping, what, how much we make, what do we sell it for, and the custom crush and a couple of other areas. And I handle <coughs> um, the management of the tasting room mm -hmm. guys, right? And the events and the weddings and the um, external programs, mm -hmm. right? So how it works for us is we just have a phenomenal staff. And we went through a change, and we feel like we really have a great nucleus now. So uh, Laura Lee, GM, she just, uh, she's working. Our Dundee tasting room is doing, I wouldn't say phenomenal, but I'd say we're more than happy with what's going on there right now. Hmm? And we'll be able to keep our doors open. <laughs> and people love it there. And, you know, we've got, we've got a good situation there. And Alan is the one that made that happen. Mm -hmm. We had the property. Anyway, this particular program is doing well but it's 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 barely going up it's flat but we're only open three days a week so our program here is to create launch relaunching weddings and events and more programs to create more activity and more people here and more revenue to keep us growing does that answer it mm -hmm. okay and also because there are 485 wineries now uh, and a lot of tasting rooms all over out in the valley, mm -hmm. that's a central spot. I mean, you look at the um, Dundee Bistro, Red Hills Market, mm -hmm. that place is busy all the time. And I thought, we're not taking advantage of that opportunity with the tasting room. And we have music there on Friday and Saturday nights. We have a, a little loft above it where people stay. It's another form of income, it's another way to sell wine, and it, it's amazing that people don't don't know that we exist out here, but they do know we exist in there, and they then come out here. We've had more people join the wine club out of that tasting room mm -hmm. by far than we ever expected, um, and it's fun. It's fun. Uh, this is a site that we can use. We have the opera coming on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. We have. Um, Artisan Festival, 21 people who make baskets and furniture and chocolate are coming to show their wares <laughs> on the 8th. 
So there'll be all of our wine club and a bunch of visitors that come in mm -hmm. and get a chance to see the local vendors. Uh, there'll be all different kinds from pie makers to, like I said, candle makers. And so that's one more thing that uh, I, we decided to do to um, broaden our base of yeah. what we offer. This will probably be our fourth year too. Yeah. We've done, we're both Rotarians, we're both a little mm -hmm. less you know, active. There was two groups, so we had a lot of uh, fundraisers here. Got uh, mm -hmm. Michael Strickland, who's a dear friend, to, got a grand piano out and kind of made it artsy too, right? We've done that. I think we did five or six. On, I was on the board of the Cancer Foundation programs here. Mm -hmm. But you really don't sell wine doing that. You just show people where you are and they tell their mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. But those events, um, internal events like the, that we have, are real popular and really well done. And people love them. We'll get. We had 420 at the foundation last year. Wow! And the consensus that we do, we do it all day long. And Aaron Myers is another dear friend. Has played almost every year. And so you know, we'll we want to do more of those. Maybe a Oktoberfest wine and special dinners. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. things up at the house, that sure. sort of thing. What do you consider to be the most important part of the hospitality? What 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 is it you're hoping to show people about about what you're doing here? Okay, well, make um, the best wines possible mm -hmm. because everybody make. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful wines in the valley. Okay, there it's not always going to be about the wine, but you've got to have well-made wines. Mm -hmm. We've always been known. I remember Carl Kluster came out here and he said, "You guys are going to like kill it." He goes because he came out and we had no idea uh, we were going to have anybody here. Bethany from Illinois was working for us then before she married Brad and was like a Valentine's and he was on this tractor, I was cleaning house or something, and all of a sudden Bethany called. She was swamped. The place was just packed and I guess it was the new, <laughs> kind of the new trend they want to come see. Well it didn't continue that way, right? We were busy for a long, long time but then there was more of us. But the hospitality is um, I think just making great wine, having great staff, and delivering an experience. People, mm -hmm. I consider it a miracle when people show up at either one of our tasting rooms. It is a miracle because how many of us are there? Yeah. Person, let's say from Detroit or wherever, has to get babysitters, get their dog handled, rent a car, get airfare, get a place here, get time off work, get a replacement, land, and then they have maybe Three days, maybe five days, mm -hmm. maybe a week. How many places are we going to go to? If they walk in our doors, well, we want them, like it's cooking, we want them, we want our staff and our staff are all, give them 100% of our attention. Mm -hmm. and not in a pretentious or forced way, but just no. comfortable. It's, we're here for them. Mm -hmm. We want them to come back. So I think, is, to answer your question as far as hospitality, we want people to, when they leave here, to go, wow that was well worth our time. We will be back and we'll send other people. And they, they experience an exchange in abundance. Mm -hmm. Their efforts, time and energy to get here, the, any money they paid for any of our um, honey, wine, mm -hmm. it was well worth it and they got more than, than they paid for. Sure. And that, 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 that's the way I would put it. Good. We, um, like yesterday, a fellow came in from California and uh, I asked the, our winemaker, Greg, who's an unbelievable, 
um, if we could barrel taste. So we went down and barrel tasted the people from California. They had no idea they were going to barrel taste. <laughs> we weren't open. Uh, we're, we were we both weren't open. busy. Okay, I got off my tractor. We came in, barrel tasted. They walked out of here. They actually went into Dundee Bistro and had lunch. So they stayed in the area mm -hmm. uh, for the day and then they left. But when they left, they left with a case and a half of wine mm -hmm. and probably an experience that they'll talk about. And they joined the club. Uh, and they did join the wine club because we weren't open because I don't mind doing that. I think you mm -hmm. should do that. And the more we can do that, we have what we call Wine Club 101, where one fellow brings a tour of people who want to learn about every aspect of the wine. So we take them in the vineyard, show them the different grapes, give them a, a vineyard experience, then they come in and do the processing line, see what's going on, and they go and barrel taste. With and Chris Sarnacki, yeah. Yeah. And with, it's uh, Stefan I mean, Sarnacki yeah. that brings a group. That's worked out really well for young people who've not tasted much wine. Um, and we show them how it's made and, and give them a background mm -hmm. that they can go somewhere else and know what to ask. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it's all about, is getting people to enjoy Pinots and know how much, how special they are. Mm -hmm. This is a tough, tough wine to make. It's, it's hard, it's got its difficulties, but boy, when you make it, it is well worth it, <laughs> okay? Uh, and it's, you're very proud when you see your label at a, a five-star uh, restaurant and you walk in and say they bought that. They like it, it and they can sell it. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of cool. Uh, so we want everybody to have a unique experience and have a fun experience and not feel like they're a number mm -hmm. if that's what you're sure. asking Absolutely. what your overall objection is. Okay. Let's talk about your wine then specifically. We were talking a little bit off camera about the different kind of soils you have here and all the things you've planted. So how did you choose what you wanted to plant and how has it kind of evolved? You talked about Gamay a little bit earlier. Yeah. How has it kind of evolved over the years? Well, we found early on in the 2000-ish, uh, let me see, 208, 209 Chardonnay, you couldn't sell Oregon Chardonnay. You could pay people, they wouldn't take it. <laughs> they, they, did, they wanted the Rombauer really oaky and boy, it was tough. And so I grafted over uh, we had three acres and we grafted over two acres to Gamay. Um, but we planted a diverse grape, partly because we knew the soils were unique, but the other is when you go to a tasting room, I have a problem when they say here, take Pinot Noir A, Pinot Noir B, or Pinot Noir C. That's it. Okay, well, what happened to the Riesling and the Pinot Gris and the Chardonnay and the other wines that are well made here? Hmm. So we go, we planted different ones because we were doing a tasting room. We wanted people to experience different varieties. Hmm. That's all. And it's not because we like Riesling more than uh, Pinot Noir. It's just the fact that we like to give people uh, mm -hmm. a choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. And then I think the point there, the Gamay was a big move. Yeah. Um, our winemaker Chris Luberstadt, who's um, was with us seven eight years, uh, super guy. He and Alan did that. That was a kind of a, a risk gamble, but mm -hmm. okay. And then uh, Alan also sourced some California eight two eight. I mean, which if he wants to tell that story, no, that's a very. It's just a great clone, um, and it's not. There's not a lot of it in the valley. There is some, but the, to give you. Uh, difficulties in wine business. 
We had the Chardonnay, it wasn't selling, so I decided, talk to the vineyard manager, we'll graft over. We have two and a half, two acres we're gonna graft. They grafted over. 70% of the plants died. Mm. 70%. So you paid for the graft, you've lost your Chardonnay plant now, so now we have to start all over again with actual Gamay. Mm -hmm. So we bought Gamay, blew it up, and then started planting, but that was a big, Oh my, there's two acres of grapes at $5, 1,257 grapes per acre, plants, and you've got, <laughs> I'm sitting there going, there's 2,000 plants that died. Okay, that's $5 a piece, that's $10,000 plus a pound. Those are things that you don't think are gonna happen. It's mm -hmm. like starting your car and having the engine fall out. You probably didn't expect that and don't have the money in the bank to do it. But we got through it. One more thing, and it was worth it. Gamay is probably one of the nicest wines in the valley right yeah. now, and it, mm -hmm. we get a, a lot of, we make a Gamay Rosé and a Gamay Beaujolais uh, uh, Nouveau, uh, and it's wonderful. So, yeah. there. Okay. Ex excellent. Yeah. We had been in Guatemala, because he does work there with through Rotary for years, and met somebody in France that knew the owner of uh, uh, Domaine, that's where they were. DRC. Called. DRC. Mm -hmm. Domain Romanaconti. And Domain Romanaconti. So we happened to make a trip over there and we went there and during harvest and they had a great old time. And so there's kind of a cool story to the 828 because yeah. whenever we barrel taste a yeah. consensus, that's like that's people go gaga over it. They love it. And that's the one she suggested we plant <laughs> who yeah. had DRC. Yeah. And that was kind of fun on there, sitting in their vineyard and we walked out while they were harvesting and learning from probably the most expensive wine, Pinot, $11,000, was it $11,500 for a bottle? Mm -hmm. We, you know, yeah. we have, we're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> we just need to sell one bottle. Yeah, we want one <laughs> bottle a year. Okay, <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, yeah. At any rate, it was fun listening to them and their story. She was in her 80s when yeah. we visited. Yeah. Okay. So. We, we talked earlier about you, the space being used by other winemakers and you and the kind of virtual winery things. So how are you finding those people? How are you building those relationships with people who are using your site or buying your grapes or, or using it in any way? How are those relationships uh, happening and, and continuing? Well, one of our winemakers uh, that used it for years was Jay McDonald. Uh, who opened it, and he's a wonderful, he's been making wine forever, and he makes a great wine, E-I-E-I-O. Mm -hmm. e uh, he was here from the day we opened until about 2015, but he opened his own ago. shop. He yeah. left uh, two years ago, it was 2017. He opened his own uh, small winery mm -hmm. because it was uh, financially smart, I guess, for him to do that instead of leasing our facility. Mm -hmm. But we have a great relationship and had a great relationship for years and years with Jay, over yeah, 10 years. Still do, yeah. Uh, and still do. Cool. And some of these winemakers um, can't afford to, to buy a, a press or a, mm -hmm. a we can help them with that because mm -hmm. we have a, a press that can be used by more than us mm -hmm. and it was designed originally a part of my philosophy because I'm the numbers guy is you make money selling wine and you make money selling grapes you make money by doing events and you make money by doing custom crush all of those go to pay the bills it's a balance mm -hmm. and uh, 
it, it it's all just makes sense if you build a facility that's big enough for other people mm -hmm. use it mm -hmm. and it makes it affordable for them to make their wine and start their dream mm -hmm. which they have and it's kind of fun to watch that yeah and it's it's lovely for us yeah. as well because if you were to meet these winemakers you would want to be their friend as well yeah. and one now actually at least is the grapes and he's from yeah. Germany or he spent time there and he does all the work mm -hmm. on on those grapes yeah. and people really loved Chris and they love Greg and yeah. I guess the common denominator we hear about why these custom crush winemakers choose us out like the gentleman that made Beaufair's wine two years here until he built his own place mm -hmm. some really some really super quality wine winemakers mm -hmm. is because they feel this is the I mean I'm not comparing us but this is what they're saying it's just it's a happy place it's the most smoothly run mm -hmm. um, our harvest there's no quabbling people work together or you know there are no quarreling excuse mm -hmm. me and uh, they really it's clean and uh, they, they all get along and I, I think that's a big part of it like mm -hmm. if Bill had to leave you know he he'd be devastated this is yeah. his, his family now mm -hmm. So I think you make it something special and you treat them well. Um, as long as they pay their bills, they're here. <laughs> yes. Uh, Clean up their so tanks. Yeah. What, what's special to you about the old Amity Hills? What is it about this AVA that appeals to you? Uh, well, we're here. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 don't, I think there's beautiful characteristics to all the AVAs, right? As far as this one goes, it's really well known for its soils. If you were, t one of our buddies in Hawaii said that uh, a very renowned uh, uh, person in the industry here, I mean, mm -hmm. he's been on the front cover of big magazines mm -hmm. and he's a super guy, told him if you're gonna buy land in Oregon and plant a vineyard, buy it in the Ola Hills. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just not, it's not a celebrated AVA because the pioneers really, I think mm, for the most part, started off in the Dundee Hills. So they've earned their keep and their popularity. They've earned it. And I think that since we have so much to offer here and there's more wineries and taste rooms and Carlton's a buzz too, I like the fact that I believe that we're then gonna be the next big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, um, the Van Duzer Corridor makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, where it's 75, 80, 85, 90 in Dundee, I'll come out here, it will be 10 degrees cooler because it empties, the corridor empties right into this valley. And you will start, you'll see a breeze right now. It, it blew, blows sometimes so hard that this furniture that is wrought iron ends up on that grass. <laughs> That's a heavy thing. It'll yeah. blow over my barbecue at least two or three times uh, a month because it comes off so and it cools it down and it gives the acidity to the fruit that allows us to do a lot more complex wine mm -hmm. and i think if you did you if we do research and i've been told this there are more 90 and above scores from the eola amity hill fruit there are from all the others combined but we're pretty low played mm -hmm. uh, i don't think people know that uh, but uh, at any rate, it, it's really, I think you're going to see Yoli Amity Hills uh, uh, come on as one of the best areas for making wine mm -hmm. in the valley. They're all great. Yeah. Uh, but with the climate change, 
I think the Dundee Hills is going to become quite warm. Mm -hmm. And the Eola Hill still offers the right climate for Pinot Noir. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to, we're going to see. I think you're going to see Syrah being planted more, Tempranillo being planted more. I think you might even see some gaps mm -hmm. in this area, which is unheard of. But because there is a climate change, I believe that Eola Hamity Hills is probably one of the best bets mm -hmm. right now. And that isn't why I bought it, but we do have a good water. My, my well is 75 gallons a minute, mm -hmm. so I know I have enough water, mm -hmm. and we, it never goes down. Mm -hmm. So that's sure. what I think about the Eola Hamity Hills. Sure. I don't know. I'm a little biased. <laughs> Just a smidge. Fair to be. Fair to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, as things change, nothing stays the same. If that were the case, then it would offer the opportunity for yeah. the Dundee Hills and other higher elevations to plant other varietals. So <laughs> it's, it's always yeah. a mix. I like it out here. It's quieter. Um, there's not as much traffic. Um, I love that part of it. Yeah. And there's so many farmers and people we partner with. We partnered with Monrovia. That's <laughs> where we source most of our um, plants. plants up at the house mm -hmm. and here. We partnered with right down the street when Gary and Ginger owned Brooks mm -hmm. and they still deliver, Darren still delivers a bunch of trees to decorate our cellar when we do dinners and we trade. And we've partnered with the Robesons from McMinnville, all mm -hmm. four of their kids uh, went to Robinsons, Robinsons yeah. went to uh, Linfield and they're very close friends of ours. And he used to just want to give us trees, right? So we'd take the ones he was going to burn and we orphaned them and put them all over. So I, I really enjoy that part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really love McMinnville, and uh, just to be able to be so close to uh, that community. Uh, we haven't drawn much from Salem, some, but M McMinnville's a pretty special place. <laughs> so what's in the future for, for Method and Family Vineyards? What are you guys looking at as you look down the road at your business? Well, we're looking at uh, expansion. We haven't named it yet, but we're on trend for better than we thought right now. Um, this year, um, who knows? We hope that continues. Mm -hmm. We feel it's pretty solid. Mm -hmm. um, we hope to do 16 weddings, only 16. We've done 10. Uh, the woman that worked for us, she still calls me mom, Shannon, she's got barrel and keg in mm -hmm. Salem and she was, anything she touched turned to gold. Mm -hmm. yeah. We teased her because she couldn't, she's brilliant, but she, she poor spelling and she broke things. <laughs> And She's she did great. the funniest things, and I go, I don't care how much stuff you break, it's replaceable, and we have spell check, okay? <laughs> you're worth your weight in gold, honey. You just, you, you're great. here as long as you can be, but you're going to spread your wings someday because you're meant yeah. to be a business owner, and we will help you when you go. Yeah. Well, she wanted to take the weddings, and we already had a person not hired, but I go, you want to do it? Okay, cheers. Mm -hmm. She created the whole thing, mm -hmm. and I get goosebumps, this woman. I mean, just took it and created it. Mm -hmm. We paid her what she wanted, and she built the business, and then she got overwhelmed and started to have babies and moved on, right? <laughs> but yeah, they uh, leave. good for her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but we had her for almost five years. And she's got a years. business, and she's doing well and loves what she's doing. Yeah. She still calls we me mom. Her. Yeah. still calls me on Mother's Day. Has my picture of she and her pretty, pretty, pretty wind out at a cellar club party in her living room. <laughs> yeah. But um, we want to do that, so we really want... Here's this, we consider just a full of opportunity property. Mm -hmm. And we, we want, we've hired people that are, that are just creative and ambitious and want, their, want to take the reins and want to 
come up with their own ideas and create. So we just say go, right? And here's, here's the economics of the situation, here's this, here's that. So the whole idea is that within the next two years, this place has doubled. Wow. Okay? We bring more people out here. They, they need to see it and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. That's some, something that we would like. Well, we're working on that. That's the biggest um, hurdle that we have oh, is to get them to come, come here, and show them. Once they're here, they're here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, you just should need to know that we had not put an invest. We had not invested in this until two and a half, three years ago in terms of doubling our staff and saying, "Hey, let's just go for it." Mm -hmm. So we just stayed the same. Yeah. You know, that's kind of boring. It's not fun for anybody, right? Yeah. But now we're we're ready to rock. What about as you look at the industry more in general, what do you see in the Oregon wine industry over the next 10, 15 years? You talked a little bit about climate change, you talked a little bit about different varietals. What do you see happening to the industry at large? Kendall Jackson. <laughs> Kendall Jackson is buying up. We sell fruit to them. Mm -hmm. um, they're a great company. They pay their bills and they're going to do great for the valley. Mm -hmm. But they just bought a big thing down mm -hmm. this way and they bought out a lot of the local very famous wineries. I see more, this is cheap. We're, we're Napa Valley 50 years ago. And I think, I, I've talked to people from France that are here looking around. Um, I've talked to Chinese people looking around. Um, it's funny, this area is becoming very popular with people from California. Uh, what's his name, uh, Bill uh, Foley. He bought a few places here. Um, so I think you're going to see investment. I think you're, you're not going to, I was looking around the other day, which was quite interesting. The backside of this whole Eola Hills is undeveloped. So I can see someday you're going to come up here and you're going to see more and more vineyards. Mm -hmm. We're four, we're 1% of California. Okay. Washington is 4% the size of mm -hmm. California. So we've got nowhere else to, except to expand. Uh, the thing is we've got to be able to sell it and people still, I, the movie Sideways is the one that I got a kick out of because Merlot dropped 30% but Pinot went up astronomically. Uh, the sales, uh, those kind of things can certainly contribute to the popularity of, uh, we, uh, the person who shot the movie Sideways was actually here looking for another place to do vertical and we talked about it, but Vertical was a whole different book than Sideways, uh, written by the same guy. Uh, but they decided not to shoot the movie, but they were up here looking at our place to mm -hmm. talking about it. Um, and at any rate, I see, I guess your question is, it's going to be more and more developed, mm -hmm. and it's not stopping. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 Um, you probably know more about it than we do. You're made it your your work and your study. hobby and your school study you know to gather a lot of information so I imagine you know a lot more than we do but as far as just looking out and seeing what we see you, you feel people are starting to win in a little bit right mm -hmm. and so it will attract more people um, the land will be bought up like Alan said uh, the you probably know the numbers I've seen them but don't recall exactly what they are as far as the the increase in revenue from the industry, the increase in, in employment yeah, to the yeah. industry. 
um, it's it's huge and there's so much diversity it's like we're we have like all of us in the industry and you we all have close friends so it's like we all know each other right so it's not like it's special to know this person so you're not dropping names so we're very close to a lot of people and you look at Stoller and you look I mean we were side by side with him at the in the was it the Indy, Indy. Indy. and in the Wine Brotherhood together and very I was very close with Kathy um, and she passed, yeah. before she passed and they were patients blah blah but that place is stellar <laughs> I mean you walk, that is the most gorgeous piece of property and what he's done and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a one-of-a-kind attraction. So there's that. Mm -hmm. And then you got Brooks over here, which is a one-of-a-kind of attraction and a whole story. And you got probably very few people go over here to um, uh, right below us. Hour of the Dawn. Hour of the Dawn, right. Yeah, we went there right away. There. They Super made their three people. generations. They did a big article they, on him. They raised, years ago when we came here, they were supporting three families. Yeah. And, and they're flatlanders and yeah. there's other things, but we became friends. So there's so, so much diversity. It's, I don't know if you've been to Napa, but we went and we ended up going off hiking somewhere. <laughs> it's not saying anything bad. Yeah. $30 it's just it wasn't, wasn't anything that we're into. taste, $30. And that was cheap. Uh, and that was at one place I went, what? You want $30? Is that for the flight? Nope, that's for one. Yeah, go, yeah. Okay, we're in the wrong spot. <laughs> it has a lot Please. to offer, but yeah. it's not yeah. like our thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. we're we're not known for being pretentious. Yeah. And, um, yeah. 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 Anyway, I think that, that Oregon is the climate here, the people here, what what is offered in Oregon. It's a hot spot. I mean, you already know that. It's, mm -hmm. it's just going to go big. Last question for you. Um, we uh, we always like to ask this one when there is a successful relationship. Uh, we know this is a tough industry on relationships uh, historically. What's the secret to making a happy marriage in the wine industry? Oh, I didn't know it was historical that it was rough. It's, 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 it's really it's okay. A tough, it's, a high, it's a high pressure, well, like, yeah. high pressure um, industry. Alan, okay, Can, do, you, do you want Ellen to answer it? Me or both? I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll try to be short-winded, but. Um, Relationships are a big, big deal for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, Al and I were both in a marriage before. Mm -hmm. There was no drama, complications. In my, you know, we're still very close. He comes to Thanksgiving. It just was. It was, was never meant to be. But a great guy, super toast. Really close to his ex. So, so the beautiful thing is that we have that. We, they all. We all get together on holidays. Mm -hmm. But I made a list of about 82 things of what I needed and wanted in a lifetime partner. You have to listen to that. This one was the one that she did for me too. Well, I had it right, and I didn't, well, I'm not a dater, right? Mm -hmm. It's like if I want to, I want a long-term relationship, deeply rooted with lots of things. Eighty-two of them describe some of them. Most importantly, for my kids, okay? Mm -hmm. My kids, my kids are everything, mm -hmm. and he's everything. But you get it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, um, so I had a list. And one of the things somebody bothered their own children could admire beautiful women, but don't do it in front of me, you know. <laughs> That sort of thing, right? Happy, drug-free, didn't have to have a penny to his name, but felt he was capable of conquering the world. I mean, because that makes it adventurous and fun. So I had all these things. Most importantly, communication, honesty, integrity, some alignment of goals and purposes, mm -hmm. and, and some interest and attraction going on there, too, okay? And fun, and, and had lots of friends. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna tell you our story, how no, we met. No, no, but, thank but, you. But, Thank but you. then we, we met, and I thought, yeah. I thought, okay, I'll just yeah. be his friend. You know, he was okay. a dentist, mm -hmm. and I thought, okay, you know. Yeah. But we went out, and then I saw what a great person.
person he was, inside and out. I mean, his best friend, best one of his best friends. He had friends with everybody. He didn't care who they were, and that was really attractive to me. And so we said we'd take it a, we would look at it. You know, we, we, we had long distance. He was in Michigan, and I wasn't going to take my kids away from their dad. And he wanted to come out here. And so I have to just tell you that it was a year of finding out what was needed and wanted and who each other were. Now, from the get-go, I knew the potential was absolutely long-term, but mm -hmm. we weren't in a hurry. And so we did that, and then we brought our kids into it. Our kids, unbelievable how they meshed. Mm -hmm. I won't get into that story, but it's an incredible story. And then we both had the same interest. And we both agreed that we wouldn't treat each other like an old married couple. And if we started talking to each other like that, we'd say, hey, you know, yeah. this so isn't going to work. Like an old right? <laughs> you know, we don't want to do, we that. Don't wanna do yeah. that for our kids' sake or our sake, right? And to stay creative. And the most important thing is communication in that if we break an agreement with each other or we have a transgression of any kind, you know, I used the credit card when he didn't want me to or what, th that we communicate mm -hmm. and keep our relationship very clean and that we respect each other, honor each other, admire each other, support each other in our activities, and uh, agree on most things that we do and give each other freedom. I can go off someplace and do things with my girlfriends, and he goes off. Okay, I'm talking enough. That's enough. That's an, See, amazing, I, that's an amazing Lily answer. was happy about um, making the, the list. list. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't make any sense if you like cats, and the woman that you bring into your house says, you gotta get rid of your cat, well, that's not gonna happen. The cat's more valuable than they are. <laughs> Point being is if you don't have that on your list, person wants to like, likes cats, likes to travel. You find somebody, I don't want to ever fly. Okay, you're pretty stuck. Um, if you have those things, which she talked me into. And what we did was pretty much an interview. And it made a big, it makes a big difference because you cut through the crap. And you're not pretending like, oh yeah, I really do like dogs. No, I'm allergic to them or whatever. Uh, but anyway, and we do talk, as you can see. <laughs> and we do universal solvent communication. Yeah, always. Yeah. So that's it. And we've been very happy. And I, we also see very happy people that are married in the Quellos, amazing mm -hmm. uh, relationship and marriage. Very good friends. Um, as all of them, I could list Janet and our neighbors. There's nobody getting divorces that I know. Uh, the Winders, the Paquette. I mean, so we have a lot of There's just so like many that, yeah. that are in the wine industry that are very, very happily married and treat each other. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing you do. As you get older, you move away from the people who don't treat each other nicely. I don't want to sit in a room where somebody's picking on their wife mm -hmm. or demeaning them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in that in their mm -hmm. in that environment. Mm -hmm. So I I can't tell you who doesn't get along because if they don't get along, we're probably not going to be in their circle. Yeah, okay. we just we just walk away. Yeah. I just say I'm not, I don't feel comfortable talking yeah. about that person when they're not here. And, yeah. But respectfully to you, you can do that. But no, it works. Here. And uh, there you go. And and admiration is key, you know. So if you're in a partnership now, or not, I mean, the more things you can find to admire your significant other, I mean, the better, because uh, there's a lot of love and admiration. And uh, we're all different what we admire in people. And I really admire people who have a huge capacity and tolerance to love and care for others. Mm. And that 
is to say that he's an incredible stepfather. No. We call him bon bonus, bonus kids, bonus, bonus stepfathers. So yeah. we're real lucky that yeah. our life is not perfect. But what no. I've been telling but you, but we is support what's really each important. other. Sure. She's yeah. amazing at what she does, and I appreciate that. And I tell her that. That's part of the thing too. Yeah. Um, if you don't tell them, they don't know that you admire them or that you are, really do appreciate what they do for you. There you go. Yeah. We've asked this question a lot in interviews. That might be the best answer we've ever gotten. So th thank you for that. That was really great. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Those are, that's all the questions that I have planned for you. you. Is there anything else that I should have asked? Anything else you'd like to talk about here no, at the end? No. Not at all. Thank no, you. Always no. have a dog, though. Always have. That's the, that's, I always say that's one of the fringe benefits of our job is meeting all the wine dogs. <laughs> all the dogs, yeah. All right, great. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Both so much. I, you know, edit the heck out of it. Okay. <laughs> Put that most of it on the floor. <laughs> thank you both so much. We really oh appreciate this. You're very welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Oregon Wine History Archive podcast. And thank you to all the supporters, partners, donors, and interviewees who have made our project a success. Be sure to check out our website at OregonWineHistoryArchive.org for more interviews, plus photographs, wine labels, and more. And stay tuned for more interviews as we tell the story of Oregon wine. The Oregon Wine History Archive podcast is brought to you by the Oregon Wine History Archive at Linfield College. The executive producer is Kiana Anderson. Producers are Rich Schmidt, Rachel Woody, Stephanie Hoffman, and Camille Weber. And a special thanks to all the Linfield Archive students who have contributed to these oral history interviews over the years.